Welcome to the program. This is Mark Lichtenwalder. Today is the 20th day of October 2021. Today we're going to be getting into the second part of Revelations 1880 to 1890. And my suspicion is that Ogden actually wrote two books because he seems to be covering the same stuff we've already covered. But we're going to read it anyway because when I start a book, I finish a book. For the most part. Anyway, so uh, we'll listen to the uh, reader program. Read the book. It'll take about 11 and a half minutes. And then I'll come back with uh, the reading and the commentary of this book. So thank you for listening, everyone. Here we go. Revelation of June the 25th and 26th, 1882 of Revelations. 1880-1890 Part 2 Pages 1-6 to Table of Contents Compiled by Ogden Kraut 1973 Preface During the National Crusades Against the Church from 1880 to 1890, President John Taylor received many revelations from the Lord. Those revelations were seldom brought to the attention of the membership of the Church, because the leading men were either hiding in the underground or in prison. The following revelations were recorded by one of his daughters, and have just recently been located. A sample of one of the handwritten pages is reproduced on the following page of this pamphlet. These four revelations are in addition to those eight recorded in our previous book on Revelations. Olding Kraut Revelation of June the 25th and 26th, 1882 given through John Taylor, revelation given through John Taylor in answer to a question on celestial marriage. This principle is not for the nations of the world, but only for the elect. Those that have this law revealed to them and don't obey it, are damned. Any covenants or contracts not sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise are of no force or efficacy after the resurrection. It is contrary to the Constitution to prohibit the living of celestial marriage in this country. 
celestial marriage one. Question, is the law of celestial marriage a law given to this nation or to the world? Two. Answer, no, in no other sense than as the gospel is given, and in accordance with the laws thereof. So far as it is made known unto them as the gospel is made known unto them and is a part of the new and everlasting covenant. 3. And it is only those who receive the gospel that are able to, or capable of, entering into this covenant. 4. Have I not said through my servant, Joseph, that all kingdoms are governed by law, and if they receive not the law of my gospel, they cannot participate in the blessings of celestial marriage, which pertains to my elect. 5. No person, or people, or nation can enter into the principle of celestial marriage unless they come in by me, saith the Lord, and obey the law of my gospel through the medium of him who is appointed unto this power, as made known unto my people through my servant, Joseph, in a revelation on the eternity of the marriage covenant including plurality of wives. 6. I have therein stated that all those who have this law revealed unto them must obey the same. 4. Behold I reveal unto you a new and an everlasting covenant. And if ye abide not that covenant, then are ye damned. For no one can reject this covenant and be permitted to enter into my glory. Doc. Ampersand Cov. Sec. 132, 3-4-7. Furthermore, and as pertaining to the new and everlasting covenant, it was instituted for the fullness of my glory, and he that receiveth the fullness thereof must and shall abide the law, or he shall be damned, saith the Lord God. Doc. Actually, since the reader program doesn't know how to read these abbreviated things, I'll just say it's Doctrine and Covenant, section 132, verse 8. And then uh, we'll go into verse 8. Or no, I'm sorry, that was verse 6, but we'll go into verse 8 of the reading. It is again written that all kingdoms have a law given. Doctrine and Covenant, section 88. Verse 36, verse 9. The celestial kingdom, including the promise of eternal life, pertains to the church of the firstborn, even of God the holiest of all, through Jesus Christ his Son. Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verse 5. And then this is verse 10. Therefore, such must be sanctified from all unrighteousness that they may be prepared for the celestial glory, for he who is not able to abide the law of a celestial kingdom cannot abide the celestial glory. 11. And he who cannot abide the law of a terrestrial kingdom cannot abide a terrestrial glory. 12. He who cannot abide the law of a celestial kingdom cannot abide a celestial glory. Therefore he is not meet for a kingdom of glory. Therefore he must abide a kingdom, which is not a kingdom of glory. Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verses 22 and 24. And you probably heard my daughter, who was leaning over my shoulder, 
reading along with the reader program because I can see the words as it reads them to me. Anyway, she was like, stop, it's recording. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, um, so we'll go on to verse 13. Each of the persons inhabiting these several kingdoms shall be quickened by the same power that pertains to the kingdom that they are destined to inherit, whether celestial, terrestrial, or telestial, and shall receive of their respective glories. 14. And, again, it is written, and, again, verily I say unto you, that which is governed by law is also preserved by law, and perfected and sanctified by the same. 15. That which breaketh the law, and obedeth not by law, but seeketh to become a law unto itself, and willeth to abide in sin, and altogether abideth in sin, cannot be sanctified by law, neither by mercy, justice, nor judgment. That's uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 88, verse 34 and 35. And then this is verse 16 of the 1882 Revelation. It is further written, speaking of celestial marriage, and verily I say unto you, that the conditions of this law are these, or covenants, contracts, bonds, obligations, oaths, vows, performances, connections, associations, or expectations that are not made, and entered into, and sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, of him who is anointed, both as well for time and for all eternity, and the two most holy, by revelation and commandment through the medium of mine anointed, whom I have appointed on the earth to hold his power, and I have appointed unto my servant, Joseph, to hold his power in the last ace, and there is never but one on the earth at a time, or on whom this power and the keys of this priesthood are conferred, are of no efficacy, virtue or force, in and after the resurrection from the dead. Okay, I got a... Maybe I should just, like, let the reader program read it for me, because I am exhausted. Um, I got up at 3.30, I think, yesterday, and it is currently 6.15 a.m., and I actually have to get up early today so I can go pick up my kids, because my wife has parent-teacher conferences, so, anyway, um, I did want to say something about this, though, um, where it says there is never on earth at one time or on whom this power and the keys of this priesthood are conferred. Okay. It is true that the, the keys can be held by many, but they all go back to the, the key holder. The reason why there's only one on the earth at a time, uh, and pertaining to Joseph Smith directly, when he received his calling and election, not only was he sealed up to the Father, but he was sealed up to all that the Father is sealed up to. And he became a link on the earth to join the children on the earth to the fathers and mothers and all that the father is sealed to in the heavens in the Shamaim. That's how he was the one man on the earth at a time. When Joseph was taken off the earth, there was 
actually before he died, there was um, something called the law of adoption where men were sealed to Joseph Smith. Now, anti-Mormons want to bring this up. They love bringing up the whole polygamy thing because they don't understand it. They love to bring up this other thing too, although I don't think they bring it up as much as polygamy. But yes, Joseph Smith was sealed to men. Those men were sealed to their wives and their children. And this created a link where they were sealed to Joseph Smith through the the husbands and fathers and Joseph Smith being sealed to the father and the son, this created a binding link between the heavens and the earth. This is the true meaning of turning the hearts of the children to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children. This is the uh, mission of an Elijah. So Elijah... um, is an office. Messiah is an office. Um, Cyrus the Great was called the anointed of, of Yehovah. He was a Messiah. He delivered the Israelites, specifically the Jews, from the bondage of Babylon. And this is what a Messiah does. Our Messiah, the great Messiah, even Jesus Christ, or Yeshua, as he was known by his Hebrew uh, language, he delivers us from the bondage of death and hell. The Messiah ben Joseph, uh, now Jesus, Yeshua, is Messiah ben Judah from the house of David. Messiah ben Joseph, who I am, am a servant from the house of Joseph, but also um, I am from the house of David. In fact, my uh, grandmother tried, or she actually hid this from us for a long time, but um, I found out, I think in my early 20s, that we actually have our genealogy that goes back through our Reisovitz, East German Jew and Czechoslovakian Jew, heritage all the way back to King David and all the way back to Adam and Eve which is really interesting because my mother on my mother's side so that's my paternal grandmother who is Jewish my maternal grandmother was uh, Welsh in English, uh, her her maiden name was Felton, but we have our genealogy that goes back through Charlemagne and a whole bunch of people through royal lines of Scotland. And uh, our genealogy actually goes back to the Bible and all the way back through Ephraim, all the way back to Adam and Eve. So it's just amazing to me that our family has been able to keep this genealogy that we can trace all the way back to the Bible and all the way back to Adam and Eve. A lot of people don't realize that the British Isles are full of the lost tribes of Ephraim. And in fact, 
when they were taken captive by the Assyrians before the Babylonian captivity, uh, they were taken up into the northern country of Assyria. And when that fell, they left out of there and went north, and they called themselves the sons of Isaac, or Isaac's sons, and later became the Normans and the Goths and the Saxons and all of these people that settled throughout Europe and Russia. And my family went into the British Isles and we are royalty from the British Isles. That's where they landed, or that's where they they lived after the captivity of the Assyrians. So anyway, Joseph Smith was from that line as well, but I am both a Jew and uh, from the tribe of Yosef through Ephraim. So anyway, but um, my job is to teach the people, to teach those who are ready for the fullness of the gospel, they who are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast, as Isaiah saw the one mighty and strong as they as he goes among the drunkards of Ephraim, that's what I am doing. I am that man. And um, that's part of this program, sprinkling the earth with these teachings through uh, social media and this podcast. And uh, my destiny is that eventually after the fall of Babylon the Great, um, we will come out of the mountains and out of our safe places. And my job is to deliver the people from the bondage of Babylon the Great. So I have a whole bunch of roles that the prophets have foreseen in these last days. This whole idea that Joseph Smith is a Davidic servant just drives me insane because I am the Davidic servant, and I don't mind saying it. Um, But Joseph Smith was a pure for mine. I said this yesterday. We'll get back into the reading in a minute. But um, Joseph was... Okay, so in Genesis, or Bereshit, chapter 49, it says that the keys of the kingdom will not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. A lot of people think that Jesus Christ is Shiloh, but Jesus Christ was a Jew. Peter, James, and John were Jews. When the keys of the kingdom were passed from Peter, James, and John to Joseph Smith, it went from the house of Judah and departed from the house of Judah to Joseph Smith, who is a Purifermite. He is Shiloh. He is not a Jew. He does not have genealogy that ties him to King David and cannot be the Davidic servant. But I am. So I have to bite my tongue a little bit when I see all of this stuff about Joseph Smith being this guy or that guy. Um, Joseph Smith was very important. He was an Elias, like John the Baptist, to lay the foundation of the kingdom of God on the earth. And because of the wickedness of the church and the slothfulness of the church, 
His mission was ended in 1844, which God allowed to happen. God could have protected him, but God took him away from the people because of the disobedience of the saints. Anyway, so um, I've come to build up what he left. And this whole thing about the keys being conferred upon one man at a time. Well, like I said, many people can have the keys. However, what what this is referring to is the one man who was sealed up to the Father through what happens with the calling and election. And in 2003, the Father told me to kneel before him. He was standing in my presence, right in front of my face. And I said, well, I asked why. And he said that you might be sealed up unto eternal life and unto myself. Which in my patriarchal blessing, I was uh, told that I have been given the greatest gift that God has to bestow the gift of eternal life. When I asked Heavenly Father how somebody like myself could have this great gift and blessing, he said it's not because of who you are, it's because of who you were in the pre-existence. And in 2013, he showed me exactly who I am and why I was chosen to do the role that he has called me to do, that I was foreordained to do. So anyway, um, this is verse 17. And like I said, I'm tired. So I think that we're just going, I'll stop the reading whenever I have something to say, but we're just going to listen to the reading. So this program won't be as long as normal. Here we go. Verse 17. For all contracts that are not made unto this end, have an end when men are dead. 18. This law is a celestial law and pertains to a celestial kingdom. 19. It is a new and everlasting covenant, and appertains to thrones, principalities, powers, dominions, and eternal increase in the celestial kingdom of God. 20. You are not now sent to proclaim this principle to the United States, nor the world, nor to urge it upon them. 21. It is not for them as a nation, or nations, only as many as accept the law of my gospel and are governed thereby. 22. Behold, if you were to preach this principle unto them and they said, We accept it, could you then administer it unto them? Verily, I say unto you, Nay. 23. Have I not said, Behold, mine house is a house of order, saith the Lord God, and not a house of confusion? 24. Will I accept of an offering, saith the Lord, that is not made in my name, or will I receive at your hands that which I have not appointed, and will I appoint unto you, saith the Lord, except it be by law? even as I and my father ordained before the world was. 25. I am the Lord thy God, and I give unto you this commandment, that no man shall come unto the Father but by me, or by my word, which is my law, saith the Lord. 26. And everything that is in the world, whether it be ordained of men, by thrones, or principalities, or powers, 
or things of name, whatsoever they may be, that are not by me, saith the Lord, shall be thrown down, and shall not remain after men are dead, neither in nor after the resurrection, saith the Lord, your God. 27. For whatsoever things remain, are by me, and whatsoever things are not by me shall be shaken and destroyed. 28. Therefore, if a man marry him a wife in the world, and he marry her not by me, nor by my word, and he covenant with her so long as he is in the world and she be with him, their covenant and marriage are not of force when they are dead, and when they are out of the world. Therefore, they are not bound by any law when they are out of the world. Doctrine and Covenants, section 132, verses 9 through 15. Now, I did want to say, um, when Peter, uh, when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. So Peter received revelation that Jesus was the Christ. He didn't learn that by man. He learned that by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, Upon this rock, the rock of Revelation, will I build my church. And then he told Peter about the keys that he had, that he would be able to bind, to seal, or to loose on on earth and in heaven. This is the sealing ordinances. When Peter was sealing somebody or bonding them together through this power, This pertains to eternal celestial marriage and also to sealing uh, parents to children as well. So uh, we see a little bit of that in the New Testament, but these sealing keys were restored to Joseph Smith, and in 2003 they were given to me by the Father himself. So uh, this is verse 29. You ask, what shall we do? 30. Thus saith the Lord God, Obey my law, and seek not to become a law unto yourselves, nor trust to outside influences. 31. But seek in the way appointed to the Lord your God. Yea, my spokes... Actually, I gotta say something about this. So God is instructing instructing the saints not to trust outside influences. This is the reason why my people in the northern kingdom were allowed to be destroyed. Because they stopped trusting in God and they made alliances with the Gentile nations of of the world around them for their protection. Because they went away from trusting in God and they trusted in the world to save them. And because of their wickedness, just turning away from God's word altogether, God allowed them to be taken into captivity where they lost their nation and their heritage and their identity. Um, Fortunately, they did not forget who they were when they were in the Assyrian captivity. And when Assyria fell, like I said, they went... They call themselves the sons of Isaac, or Isaac's sons, or Saxons. They became the Normans, and the Goths, 
and the Visigoths and all these tribes that, that the Romans called barbarians. And uh, they went up into Europe and into Russia, up and in, in, into the British Isles. So um, one of the sad things about the Latter-day Saints in these last days and this last dispensation is that instead of trusting in the revelations and the instructions God gave to the saints, they gave in and they issued a manifesto and they stopped not only plural celestial marriage, they stopped the law of adoption, they stopped rebaptisms, they stopped the Council of Fifty, which is the government of the kingdom of God on the earth, they stopped United Orders, and they did a whole bunch of other things. Uh, they changed who Jesus Christ and Jehovah were. They have let go of their principles, and they have ignored the instructions and trusted more in the world. And because the saints, who should have been the bride of Christ, went after Babylon the Great, they are called the horror of all the earth by the Father and the Son because they went whoring off after Babylon the Great when they should have been the Bride of Christ. So they should have trusted in God, but they gave in to the federal government, the Gentiles, and all that turned out, all the, the secret combinations that come with that uh, cabal. Anyway, this is verse 31. Uh, it already said some of it, but I'll just restart it. For seeking the way appointed to the Lord your God. Ye are my spokesman, I am your God. And as I had before said, I now again say, Henceforth do as I shall command you. 32. Concerning the course taken by the United States, they have a right to reject this law themselves, as they have the right to reject the gospel. But it is contrary to the provisions of the Constitution, which is the supreme law of the land, for them to prohibit you from obeying it. 33. Therefore, abide in my law which I have revealed unto you, set the Lord God, and contend for your rights by every legal and constitutional method, and in accordance with the institutions, laws, and constitution of the United States. 34. Be humble, be faithful, be diligent, Seek unto me, and it shall be made known unto you, from time to time, what my will is pertaining to this matter. 35. I am the Lord your God, hearken unto me, and obey my law, and your enemies shall be confounded, and my kingdom shall be victorious. Amen. So that's the end of the reading for today. Um... I uh, I just wish that uh, things had gone differently. I wish that I didn't have to come down to do this work. Because, uh, you know, like Joel or like Jeremiah or like Ezekiel or Isaiah, they were all thought to be madmen. In fact, Enoch, one of the greatest prophets, was called a madman. And, uh, you know, prophets aren't accepted in their time 
but I am a witness and I testify to you that God lives, that I have seen him face to face, that I have seen our Savior, and that when I have been in their presence, to be in that power of their love is overwhelming and all-consuming. And it makes it hard to be in this world. And, uh, you know, the veil that's placed over our minds so we don't remember the pre-existence is such a blessing. Because if you knew what it was like to be with them, you might not be able to handle being here in this cold and dark and dreary world. But I know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that the few who actually are obedient to God's laws and uh, obey his commandments, the remnant, that they will receive the highest blessings that God has to offer. And I say these things in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, even Jesus the Christ. Amen.